0: Everyone, so thankful for an opportunity to uh, speak with you all this evening. Uh, if you haven't noticed already, um, I w- would take it as a compliment if you did think I was uh, Philip Russell. Uh, who is normally uh, with you all uh, twice a month. Uh, Philip is actually in uh, Danville, Kentucky this summer and doing some, some great work for the Lord there. Uh, one of my good buddies, uh, doing really well, uh, I might add, on that note. Um, uh, so my name is Luke, and I'm really uh, just appreciative of the opportunity to be here this evening to, uh, to talk about some spiritual things and to, to look at God's Word um, and see uh, what it can teach us. Um, along with that, I, I just want to make mention, um, I, uh, I'm also a nobody, um, I'm I'm nothing I'm nothing special I don't have some great talent or some great superpower or anything like that uh, I don't come from a, a super big family nothing nothing great about me um, but I uh, I'm a Christian I'm a Christian I, I share that with many of you all here this evening and uh, what a blessing that we can we can share in that relationship together as brothers. And as sisters in Christ, that makes us very special. And so what an, a great opportunity uh, on this beautiful evening to study God's word uh, together. I'm thankful for my, my friend uh, Michael, uh, my friend Andrew, and, and my, uh, my sister in Christ, Cindy. Uh, uh, so thankful for them being here. They're some of the most faithful servants that, that you will ever meet. You have a, have a chance to, to get to know them. Some of my really good friends. I uh, appreciate them being here this, uh, this evening. If you would go on and open your Bibles uh, to the book of um, 2 Kings. Uh, In the Old Testament, the book of 2 Kings, we're going to be looking at a a story there um, on defeating sin from Josiah. Defeating sin from Josiah. Um, in 2 Kings 22, um, in verse 1, we're introduced to a boy, uh, not even a young man, at 8 years old. 8 years old, he begins uh, to reign as king in Judah. Now, 8 years old, that's, that, that's pretty young as we think. Uh, but because of the circumstances around and because of uh, his family tree, he's only 8 years old. Uh, but now he's the king in Judah. And uh, he'll reign for a total of 31 years years um, as one of the better kings uh, in, in the line of kings. Many, many different wicked kings uh, that, that we'll read about. Um, but Josiah was one of those bright spots in the line of kings. Um, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, is what we're told, and walked in all the way of David, his father, uh, and did not turn uh, aside from the right or to the left. And that's 2 Kings 22 in verse 2. But one of the most... Significant instances uh, in Josiah's life was when he was 26 years old. Uh, He tells his servants to go and begin using some money that had uh, been pulled together. uh, uh, It had been raised uh, from these people. And he wanted this money to be given to to repair the temple, uh, to put it in the direction of a good purpose. Uh, And that was to repair the temple. And while these repairs were uh, going on during this time, uh, Hilkiah who was the high priest at that point in time, Hilkiah finds what is described by the historian in 2 Kings 22 as the book of the law. The book of the law. This was the most precious book um, imaginable at the, uh, to anyone at this point in time who, any, who had any regard for God whatsoever. And so this was the book of the law that had been given by God. By God, directly to Moses, um, to the children of Israel. This was God's communication to the children of Israel. And now this book has been found. Uh, and for whatever reason, nobody had it. Nobody was reading it. And nobody was paying any attention to it whatsoever. Maybe sound like our modern day and time. Uh, not paying attention to, uh, to the Bible, as, as many people around us in our society um, treat the Bible. But you see, Josiah's father was a wicked man. But not only was his father a wicked man, his grandfather was also a wicked man. And so for uh, whatever point, for for this amount of time, this book had been lost. Perhaps it was something that had just been neglected. It was something that uh, perhaps his father and grandfather uh, just wanted to kind of hide away or or store away. uh, Because maybe they weren't interested in in listening to what this law uh, had to say. So in the days of Josiah... When he is 26 years old, uh, he has commanded that the temple be renovated and it be repaired. But this most precious book is found. And read with me in 2 Kings chapter 22, starting in verse 11. That is where we have uh, his response here. Uh, what Josiah does as he hears the reading of this book for the very first time. Read with me in 2 Kings 22, verses 11 through, through 13. It says, When the king heard the words of the book of the law, it says that he tore his clothes, and the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, and Achaan the son of Shaphan, and Achor the son of Micaiah, and Shaphan the secretary, and Isaiah the king's servant, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord for me, and for the people, and for all Judah, concerning the words of this book that has, been, uh, that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us, because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book, to do according to all that is written, concerning us. We need more information is what Josiah is saying. We need to know what God wants us to do. This is this is very serious that we have found this book, but we have not been living in harmony with God's will and what this book has told us. So this evening I'd specifically like to take a look at this story in 2 Kings uh, chapter 23 if you uh, turn over a page in your Old Testaments. Having heard all the things that God has said hundreds of years before, having become aware of this responsibility now to become accountable to this book. Josiah realizes we are not accountable. We are not living according to what this book is telling us. Uh, he's not interested in, in hiding the book back in the closet where it was found, or just maybe pleading ignorant because what God says is hard to do. So it might just ignore it and pretend like we never found it. Now that's not his response. That's not not at all his response. You see, Josiah was serious. Josiah was very serious. About finding this book. He understands the seriousness. Of finding this book. And uh, now in 2 Kings 23. He works to zealously purify. Himself and the people. Uh, of this time. And I would suggest this evening. That we can still learn a great deal from this story. Uh, of a man when it comes to our own purity. In relation uh, to this ongoing battle. That we face on a regular basis. With sin uh, and temptations. In our own lives. What exactly can we learn from Josiah. Well, first and foremost, I'll suggest this evening that we have got to be serious. We have got to be serious. And uh, this evening, I'll be repeating that several times. Are you serious? It's the question that I'd like for us to consider this evening. So, like Josiah was serious about what needed to be done in 2 Kings 23, verses 1 through 3. Read that with me, if you would, to uh, 2 Kings 23, verses 1 through 3. It says, Then the king sent. And all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem were gathered to him. And the king went up to the house of the Lord, and with him all the men of Judah, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and the priests and the prophets, all the people, both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with... All his heart and all his soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people joined in the covenant. All the people joined in the covenant. So now as as we take a look at this section, what what stands out to us? Uh, If it's not obvious already in in, in my choice of of word, uh, of uh, red lettering up here, uh, it's it's the idea of all. You see, Josiah was serious um, about purity. Josiah was serious about holiness. And did everything that he could in order to zealously purify these these people here. Are you serious about purity in your own life? Um, Are you serious about holiness? Is that something that you strive for? Um, Are you serious about glorifying God in all aspects of your life? uh, On the short time that we have here on this earth. Because if you are serious, if you're serious just like Josiah was serious. Then I would suggest 2 Kings 23 is packed. Absolutely packed with with lessons that we can learn uh, as far as how to maintain purity in our own lives. Now, this is something that's always been here uh, in our our Old Testaments. Uh, This is not a new story. This isn't something great that I'm going to be presenting this evening to you. Uh, So let's look and see some lessons that we can learn from God's Word this evening. And that first lesson that I would like to present is that we need to get rid of the physical stumbling blocks in our lives. If you read with me in, in uh, 2 Kings 23 and verse 4, as we, uh, as we have here in sec- uh, chapter 23 and verse 4, it says, And the king commanded Hilkiah, the high priest, and the priests of the second order, to, uh, uh, and the keepers of the threshold, to bring out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels made for Baal and Asherah and for all the hosts of heaven. He burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron. And carried their ashes to Bethel. He carried the ashes to Bethel. This is God's house. Josiah recognizes this. And if we're serious about God's favor and His forgiveness and His grace, if we're serious about His mercy, um, if we're serious about, uh, about spiritual reconstruction and purity and holiness, the way that God talked about all the way back in the days of Moses, We've got to get these physical stumbling blocks out of here. We have got to get these out of the way of the temple of the Lord. And did you notice what he did with those uh, ashes uh, and the things that, 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 that he literally burns them? But, but what does he do with those? He carries the ashes to a whole other city. You see, Josiah was serious in making this decision and get rid of all the physical stumbling blocks and burn them outside Jerusalem, it says, in the fields of the Kidron and carry the ashes to Bethel. He didn't even let the ashes stay in the same city. Um, He has them carried all the way to another city. Now, step back and ask yourself this evening, how serious uh, are you? Uh, Are you serious? Uh, Because if we're serious about uh, defeating sin, if we're serious about purity, if we're serious about zeal, Uh, And holiness, what better way to start than right here and getting rid of the physical stumbling blocks in our life? Uh, Physical objects can get in the way, and I think we've learned that. Uh, They can get in the way. They can cause us to stumble and be distracted uh, from living the kind of life that God calls us to live. And what what kind of life is that, that he calls us to live? Uh, It's a life of sacrifice, a life of sacrifice. If you turn with me to the New Testament, to Mark 9, uh, Mark, the Gospel of Mark in chapter 9. Read with me in verse 43 through 48. And Mark 9, kind of puts things in perspective for us here as we look in Mark 9, um, starting in verse 43 here. Now, this sort of language, I think, really gets our attention as Jesus puts it here. It says, and if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell. To the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell. Where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. As we flip back to 2 Kings 23, I really think this language gets our attention here as we read this. Whatever it is that's causing you to stumble right now is the time. It needs attention and not good attention. It needs attention and, and, and taking action to get rid of that and get as far away as we possibly can from that stumbling block that's coming between us and our relationship with the Lord. The question is how serious am I about removing the physical stumbling blocks that are in my life? Because you know, if it's a matter of cutting my cable subscription or, or losing my soul, It could be a matter of of owning a smartphone as opposed to perhaps, as some people call, a dumb phone. Maybe a simpler working phone. Uh, Maybe it's the difference in a laptop or owning a tablet. Uh, Don't let the physical get in the way of what matters most. Don't let the financial price of this object overshadow the spiritual toll that it's being charged to our eternal soul. How serious are we about getting rid of these physical stumbling blocks in our life? Because we see how serious Josiah was. He starts by getting rid of those physical stumbling blocks. This afternoon I was cleaning out my car, and as I was uh, disposing of some of the trash into the, the giant dumpster, uh, I, I, I thought to myself, you know, unless, unless we're really serious collectors of trash, we're going to get rid of that trash, you know, pretty quickly. We don't, we, we don't want that in our way. Um, whatever is in our lives right now that's not causing us to, to, to that, that's not doing anything for us, we normally want to get rid of that. Um, an old McDonald's cup is not going to do very much for me. Um, if it's sitting in my cup holder, I'm going to want to dispose of that. We can't let we can't let uh, technology uh, become our uh, a stumbling block for us. And it, when it does, we need to get rid of it. We 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 can't look at technology. We can't look at these physical stumbling blocks as things that that are, are the most important things to us in our lives. Because nothing nothing should come before us and the Lord in our relationship. With him. The second lesson I'd like to present this evening is that we need to separate ourselves from the people who shamelessly promote sin. Read with me in verse 5 of chapter 23. Uh, verse 5 says, And he disposed the priests whom the kings of Judah had ordained to make offerings in the high places at the cities of Judah and around Jerusalem. Those also who burned incense to Baal, to the sun, and to the moon, and to the constellations of all the hosts, of heaven, Josiah separates himself from the people who shamelessly promote sin. You see here he disposes, it says, of the priests. You're no longer welcome here is what he tells of these priests whom the king of Judah had ordained to make all these things in the high places. It says the ones who burned incense to Baal and to the sun, to the moon, and all the hosts of heaven. It says you can't keep doing what you're doing here. Uh, can you imagine? Think about the response of these people. As Josiah is probably considerably younger than these people. Imagine this response of these people who had been installed uh, by former kings. Uh, And now young Josiah is telling them to get out of here. Get out of here. You're not not helping. You're not being helpful here. You're not encouraging purity. But you see, Josiah is serious. He's zealous for the Lord, zealous for purity. Uh, Josiah is passionate about holiness. As we should be in our lives. And part of getting everyone back in line. Uh, separate, uh, involves separating from those who were causing the sin. I'll read that one more time. Uh, part of getting everyone back in line. Involves separating from those that were causing the sin. Is there someone in our life who is holding us back from uh, walking with the Lord as we should. It's time to separate ourselves from those people. Time to separate ourselves. If, you, if you'll turn uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, let's see what Paul has to say here about the same idea in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 18. It says, and God, uh, and God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? So glorify God in your body is what Paul tells us. Paul tells us we must separate ourselves from from that which will cause us to be tugged back in to sin. It may be time to end a a difficult relationship that we're in. If it's holding us back from from zealously walking with the Lord. As hard as that can be, we we must make radical decisions. If it means that we will live in a better relationship with the Lord in a more pure sense. I'm in those relationships under my control. The relationships where I understand this is not going to help me get to heaven. Just just how serious am I to get rid of those? Am I willing to say, no, I won't go there. Uh, I won't do that with my friends. Uh, Am I willing to take a stand even in my own family? if If it means righteousness. We must be willing to make those decisions. You don't just sit back and wait for the situation to get better around you. You get out of the situation. And I would suggest... This evening, now that is exactly what Josiah did. And What an encouraging example for us to look to gives us motivation to separate, our, separate ourselves from the people who shamelessly promote sin. The third uh, lesson this evening is uh, that we need to assess, uh, we need to address our presence in places where temptation flourishes. Read with me verses seven through ten of Second Kings twenty-three, starting in verse seven. So then he broke down the houses of the male cult prostitutes, which, which were in the house of the Lord, where the women wove hangings for the Asherah. He brought all the priests out of the cities of Judah and defiled the high places where the priests had made offerings to Geba to Beersheba. And he broke down the high places of the gates that were the, at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the governor of the city, which, is the, which were on one's left at the gate of the city. However, the priests on the high places did not come up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, but they ate unleavened bread among their brothers. And he defiled Topheth, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnon, and that no one might burn his son or his daughter as an offering to Molech. What a dark situation we see going on here. Men and women were sacrificing their own children in the worshiping of these, these idols. Just a dark image here we have. Um, so we're going to remove the physical stumbling blocks that are causing us uh, to, to, to sin. We're going to separate ourselves from the people who promote the sin. Now we're going to assess, adre- assess excuse me, and address uh, where we are in the presence of places where temptation flourishes. Because we see here that Josiah was serious. Josiah was serious about what Jesus talked about in Matthew 5 and verse 13 about being the salt of the earth. We we all recall that verse. That if you belong to God, you are to be different. We are to be different in this dark world. You ought to stand out. There's a reason why those who are trying to to overcome the the temptation of drinking, there's a reason why they don't go anywhere near a bar. For they know if they are going to be near a bar, why is that? Why is it that they separate themselves from that? It's because they know that getting farther to that getting anywhere close to that bar, they're, they're going to fall to temptation. They, they know it's going to be even harder to resist that temptation when it comes. As people of God, I think we need to understand and recognize this. that Josiah knew these high places that we read about here. He knew that these high places were connected in the minds of, of, of the people here with pagan. Worship. This is a very serious problem that he was he valued their purity. Josiah valued their souls um, to recognize that this is not some this is not a situation they need to be in. They had to be torn down so that the sin would really be left in the past. Am I serious enough uh, to address um, certain venues or settings where that are dangerous that are not going to promote godliness in my life? It's unbelievable. How we, we can see grown men have complete control over themselves until you pull sports into the picture. And then they completely live out of character. I've seen that a time or two. That might have been me at some point. Am I serious enough to address and to assess my presence in places where temptation flourishes, flourishes just as Josiah did? Are you serious this evening? Are you serious? Because I would suggest that Josiah did just that. Number four, we need to put the passing benefits and, I would suggest, passing pleasures of sin into perspective. If you read with me in verse 11, verse 11 of uh, the 23rd chapter, where it says, And he removed the horses, and that the kings of Judah had dedicated to the sun the entrance to the house of the Lord by the chamber of Nathan-Melech the Chamberlain, which was in the precincts. And he burned the chariots of the sun with fire. Josiah? Josiah is serious here. I mean, horses? Wait a second. Wait a second. These are important. These are valuable military items. These are symbols of, of might and power and potential. You see, Josiah's faith, was it in the horses? Was it in the chariots? Turn with me to Psalm 20, the 20th Psalm, uh, where we see I, I think this really fits together well here as we read in uh, the 20th Psalm in verse 7. Read with me where it says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. See, Josiah's faith wasn't in those horses. Uh, you could say Josiah's uh, faith in our, in our day and age, it, it, it wasn't in his car. Josiah's faith wasn't in his computer, it wasn't in his job. Um, Josiah's faith was in God. God was his trust. And I would suggest that God needs to be our trust as well. We can't trust in temporary passing pleasures and enjoyments in this life, as as wonderful as TV can be sometimes, as wonderful as as a video game can be every now and then. Uh, We need to put the passing benefits and pleasures of sin, we need to put those in perspective and realize that God is so much greater. God is so so much better for us. If you'll uh, turn back to uh, Mark chapter ten, just a, just a few pages back in your New Testaments, Mark chapter ten, verses twenty nine through thirty. Another idea here, I think, that really gives us gives us some insight here and uh, onto this point. Mark chapter ten, verses twenty nine through thirty. Starting verse twenty nine. So Jesus said, "Truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother." or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Suggest that those who are truly dedicating to serving God are not focused on the temporary pleasures of this life. They are focused on the Lord and what's to come after this life, after uh, a life well lived. God has something so much more prepared for us. And what we give up here in this life is nothing compared to what God has prepared for us after this life. Maybe it's just the beat. Maybe it's the rhythm, uh, the background vocals, uh, the harmony vocals and the new song that's playing on the radio. It sounds pretty good, really. It gets my heart pumping. It gets my, my spirits up. But the more I listen to this song, the more I realize there's, there's not a, a bit of godliness in that song. Um, rather, there's ungodliness that's filling my mind and my head, my heart. Is it a brand new video game? Everybody around me is playing it. Um, everybody's continually you know, engaging in this. Um, but there's, there's so much ungodliness in that game. Whether it's the content of that game or whether it's the time that I spend playing that game. We've got to understand how serious sin is. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans 6.23 tells us. We need to put these passing uh, benefits and pleasures of sin into perspective. The the, the, uh, The fifth lesson I'd like to present is that we need to leave the pieces of impurity behind Forever. Read with me in verse 12. As we come to this point here. In verse uh, verse 12 it says, And the altars on the roof of the upper chamber of Ahaz, which the kings of Judah had made, and the altars that Manasseh had made, and the two two courts of the house of the Lord, he pulled down and broke in pieces and cast the dust of them into the brook Kidron. What a workout. <laughs> what a workout that this must have been for Josiah. You see, sin doesn't just accidentally happen. And it doesn't just accidentally uh, be cast out of our lives either. It takes effort to get rid of these pieces of impurity. Uh, Josiah is serious. He's not going back. And isn't that what we're called to do? And uh, called to be. I believe it's in Romans 12 and verse 9 that we are to abhor evil. To cling to what is good in this life. Um, As we understand exactly what Josiah does here, we need to emulate that in our lives, to leave the pieces of impurity behind forever. Uh, One of my roommates, I'm very fascinated that he's actually able to cut his own hair uh, in in the mirror. I'm a little jealous about that. Um, I I think that's a really wise thing to do. And uh, this afternoon as he was cutting his hair, my first thought was, Oh no, the the floor, the floor is just going to be filthy. There's going to be hairs and I just don't know what I'm going to do about it. But I'm really lucky that he is actually uh, very much of a, of a germaphobe, if you will. He uh, cares very much about, about sanitary. and, and uh, So before I knew it, every single speck of hair was, was swept up, even vacuumed to wipe down the floor. Why, why would he do that? <laughs> why would he do that? Even if he, even if he wasn't as big of a germaphobe, he got it out of there because he didn't want that in there. Uh, he didn't want the, those little hairs to be there. He got rid of them Forever. He disposed of those because he understood that that wasn't doing wasn't anything good for the floor. That, that was just, that was just uh, something to dispose of. Well, I would suggest we need to dispose of sin in our lives and leave it behind, not just for a week. Not just for a little while, but we need to dispose of that sin forever. We need to put it in the past and put that behind us, just as Josiah did. And then lastly this evening, lastly I'd like to suggest that we need to fill the vacuum left by sin with godly practices and godly priorities. Uh, read with me in uh, verses uh, uh, 21 through 23 of Second Kings 23. Starting in verse 21. Wait for everybody to turn over there. It says, And the king commanded all the people, Keep the Passover to the Lord your God, as it is written in this book of the covenant. For no such Passover has been kept since the days of, of the judges who judged Israel, or during all the days of the kings of Israel, or of the kings of Judah. But in the 18th year of King Josiah, this Passover was kept to the Lord in Jerusalem. It's interesting to see here exactly the response that Josiah has here. Uh, just one man was able to make such a big impact on these people. Uh, but obviously just more than that, God was able to make an impact on these people through his law. Um, We see here that temptation and this story, that's a real story. These things really happened in the Old Testament. These things really took place. That we can take these and understand that temptation can be defeated, um, but not by our own will, not by our own power, but by the strength that only God supplies Brothers and sisters, I would suggest that we can be steadfast. We can be immovable. Uh, We can be always abounding in the work of the Lord. Uh, We just need to make that decision to do so. If we're not walking uh, in in righteousness, if we're not a slave to righteousness, if we're we're a uh, slave to sin, on the other hand, we're not going to be able to abound in the work of the Lord. But as we see in the story here, it's simply a question of how serious are we? How serious are you? This evening, with purifying your life, just as Josiah did. Just as Josiah did. Galatians 6.10 tells us that as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. To everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. I would suggest that temptation can be overcome. Well, in conclusion this evening, uh, I, I would like to uh, read a, uh, a familiar hymn that I, I believe many of us are familiar with. Um, I did not look it up uh, to see what number it was in, in, in the, the song books, the hymnals, but, but I'd like to read this, and I'd like for us to think very honestly about our lives at this very moment in time. Uh, not, not, a, not a few years ago, uh, not even who we maybe hope to become later on, but, but just right now. Where, where are you in, in your walk with the Lord? Um, are, are you a Christian? Have you been baptized into Christ? Um, or, or do you need to make that decision this evening? Uh, very convicting words here. Uh, Living for Jesus, a life that is true, striving to please him in in all that I do, yielding allegiance, glad-hearted and free. This is the pathway of blessing for me. Living for Jesus who died in my place, bearing on Calvary my sin and disgrace. Such love constrains me to answer his call follow his leading and give him my all living for Jesus wherever i am doing each duty in his holy name willing to suffer affliction willing to suffer affliction and loss deeming each trial a part of my cross living for Jesus through earth's little while my dearest treasure the light of his smile seeking the lost ones he died to redeem Bringing the weary to find rest in Him, O oh, Jesus, Lord and Savior, I give myself to Thee. For Thou, in Thy atonement, didst give Thyself for me. I owe no other master. My heart shall be Thy throne. My life I give henceforth to live. O oh, Christ, for Thee alone. Are you living for Christ this evening? Are you living as? A, uh, are you living in a newness of the life? Have you put on that new self? As I would suggest this evening that if you have not obeyed the gospel, now is the time. What better opportunity now than to be baptized into Christ? Um, if we can do anything for you in helping you and getting your life back on a right track, we can pray for you, we can encourage you, whatever we can do in helping you get your life right back to the Lord. We invite you to come forward now as we stand and as we sing.